Amen. You may be seated. I'm Scott. I'm on staff here at New Denver Church. It's my privilege to bring the message to you today. We're looking at Palm Sunday. Jesus coming into Jerusalem triumphant. People worshiping him, lining up to worshiping him, laying their coats before him, giving the shirt off their back to worship him. If you want to study the history of an interesting phrase, don't look at giving the shirt off your back. It's really boring. There's just nothing there. It's, it's self-explanatory. Uh, to give the shirt off your back is to say, you need something that I have and I'm simply going to give it to you. The disciples first saw Jesus' need and, and met it. And then the people around saw His need and they began to meet his physical need as well. And that's what we're going to look at today. Meeting the needs of Jesus on Palm Sunday. Begin in Matthew chapter 21. Verse 1 says, As they, Jesus and his disciples, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he'll send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the fold of a donkey. So this begins with Jesus telling his disciples, I want, there's a village down here. I need a couple of you to go there and you're going to find a, a, a donkey and I want you to untie it, which means it's tied up, which means it belonged to somebody. And I want you just to untie it and bring it to me. And if anybody says, uh, like, is that your donkey? Just, just say the Lord needs it and it'll be okay. This has always struck me as really strange. And I, I don't know how Jesus chose the people to go do that. But I know if I had been one of the 12, he would not have chosen me because I would have stood there and argued with him and just said, I'm not going to go steal a donkey. Well, it's not really stealing. I've I've kind of arranged it. But if I said to you, while I'm preaching today, I need a couple of you to, to run down here to Colorado. You know the target on Colorado? In the northeast corner, you're going to find a Ford F-150. It's silver. Uh, the key should be in the, uh, the, the driver's side uh, wheel well. And if not, just hot wire it and bring it back. <laughs> and if somebody says, what are you doing? Just say, uh, Scott asked for it. It'll be okay. Any volunteers? You say, see what I'm saying? I, I don't know. These people around Jesus loved him and they trusted him. And they would do whatever he told them to do. And when he said, I need you to go down to this village and get a donkey and bring it back. Well, the Bible says in verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They just went and got it. They brought the donkey and the colt and they placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. So, They take the step of faith and they go in the village and they do that which doesn't make sense on human terms. And they bring the donkey back to Jesus. 
And when they get the donkey back to Jesus and it's time for Jesus to get on the donkey, it's like we didn't get a saddle. We didn't get a blanket for him to ride on. I thought you were going to do that. I was, I was keeping the police away. I was, you were supposed, and, and they stand there and Jesus, there's the donkey and it's time for him to get on it and there's no blanket for him to sit on. And there's no blanket around. And it's like, and they just peel their coat off and they put it on him. And then another disciple did it. And, and I don't know how many disciples put their coat on him, on the donkey. But it was almost their way of saying, we're going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you too. Oh, me too. If they're doing it, I'm doing it. And this peer pressure came in and they, it's like, I'm in. I'm part of this group. I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm going to do that which makes things better for Jesus. We need to be busy doing things that are making life better for Jesus today. What does he need you to do to make this world more and more conformed to his image and less conformed to ours? He needs he needs peacemakers. He needs people who care. He needs people of compassion. And the disciples were saying, I'm that kind of person. And they were saying it by putting their coat on the donkey. So they've gotten the donkey, and and it's this fulfilling a verse out of Zechariah chapter 9, where the the prophet said the, the Messiah is going to come, and he'll come riding on a donkey. So Jesus comes riding uh, toward Jerusalem on the donkey. He didn't go to Jerusalem often. Jerusalem was not a friendly place for him. And he knows he's going to Jerusalem to die. We come today on Palm Sunday knowing that Jesus is having this triumphal entry. But, but we know how this week is going to end for him. And sometimes I've always found it hard to celebrate Palm Sunday. Because I know that Good Friday's coming. And I know that if he hadn't ridden in on the donkey, he wouldn't have been nailed to the cross. Jesus knew what was coming, but he went anyway. Verse 8 says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So he's coming into town. And the donkey is walking on the rough ground. And the people start wanting to smooth the ground for the donkey. So they take palm branches off the trees and they lay them down. They start taking their coats off just as the disciples did. Just their ordinary coat. It was just what they had. They laid it on the ground in front of the donkey. And Jesus came in to their shouts of praise. So, we have the the donkey 
the physical objects there, the donkey and the palm branches, which they ripped off nearby trees. And it, just like going to get the donkey, this one's always thrown me. Who owned those trees and who was ripping the branches off? And it, did that bother anyone? And we have the coats. And somehow out of this, we've named this Palm Sunday. I mean, our options were Donkey Sunday or Coat Sunday. If this had been named Donkey Sunday, you know that there would be some churches holding donkey races today. It would happen. If it was Clothes Sunday, some church would be having some clothes pageant and, you know, showing off fancy clothes today. But it got named Palm Sunday. And on Palm Sunday, we remember how they made the way smooth for Jesus coming in. They did what they could to make his life easier. And as Jesus comes into the city, and the Bible says in verse 10, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, The whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Who is this? Who is this coming in? They hadn't sent out flyers. Everybody didn't know who Jesus was. He hadn't been to Jerusalem often, as I said And while a lot of people knew him, a lot of people didn't know him. And when they saw this ruckus and they saw him coming in and he was being treated. uh, There's a time in in 1 Kings where a king was entering uh, a place and he was riding on a donkey and people were putting their coats down in front of him. It's better than rolling out a red carpet because if a red carpet is rolled out, whoever's going to be walking on it probably ordered and paid for the red carpet. But this was just the crowd saying, he deserves a better entry than anyone else. And so they put their coats down to make his entry better. And a lot of people began questioning, who is this? Why is this guy getting this special treatment? Who is he? And the answer came back, he's Jesus. He's a prophet. That's from some people. Those who opposed him were holding meetings during this time. As they saw his popularity grow, they began plotting his death. His death, which would take place just a few days later. And then, as always in any crowd, there were those who just stood at the back. So there were those who were upset that the coats were being put in front of him. There were those wanting to say, I'm part of this group and joining him. And then there were those who just really weren't all that committed. They, they were sort of standing at the back saying, I don't know, maybe. Maybe he's the king of kings. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's the king of Israel. Maybe he's not. I'm not going to put my coat down. I'm not going to make that kind of commitment. If I put my coat down in front of that donkey and the donkey walks on it and I take my coat home, My wife, she's going to be really mad. I'm just not going to join this parade. I'll stand at the outskirts, but I won't really be part of it. 
And a lot of times when people gather to worship Jesus today, we have those folks in the room. And we come, but not with our whole heart. And we come willing to do some things for Him, but not all things. And we're willing to sacrifice only that which costs us nothing. But if we have to give Him the shirt off our back, well, that seems a little extreme. And we're not going to be part of that. And so the question that was spoken was what? Uh, Verse 10, who is this? That's the question that was spoken. And the crowd gave their answer. But their answer is not the answer we need to focus on today. It's our answer. And we answer on a daily basis who we think Jesus really is. And for them, the buy-in was taking off their coat and, and laying it on the ground. And we have to figure out what it is that he's asking us to do today. That's the scripture passage. And now we have to figure out what to do with it. So Jesus came in on Palm Sunday. That's good. And people worshipped him. That's wonderful. They got the donkey. They put their coats on the ground. This is all good. So what do we learn from the clothes that were put on the donkey? And what do we learn from the clothes that were placed on the ground in front of the donkey? But what we can learn is this. That Jesus wants us to give what we have, even if it's not much. And he wants us to give it to him. We're still talking about what those people did 2,000 years ago. But they really didn't do that much. I mean, they they gave their coats. How many coats do you have in your closet? Did you wear a coat today? This is a debatable day. My wife and I have not been in Denver long, and I'm still trying to figure out when I need to wear a coat and when I don't. Because there are some days I leave the house and it's nice and warm and then it's 22 degrees when I get home and I'm thinking, why didn't I take a coat? And other days I'm dragging a coat around thinking, why do I have a coat? So I put a coat on this morning and I left it in the car. I, I don't know. But my coats, I mean, they, they keep me warm, but they're just not that valuable. I don't spend much money on clothes. And so to lay it down in front of the donkey, it just wouldn't have been that much and wouldn't have cost that much. But our gifts to him don't have to cost that much. He doesn't ask us to give that which we don't have. He only asks us to give that which we, which we do have. And he won't ever ask you to give what you can't give. He may ask you to give what you don't want to give. But he won't ever ask you to give what you can't give. Our gifts... We need to give him what we have. My son, his wife, and and my two grandsons uh, live in Missouri. And we were visiting with them around Christmas time. One grandson is, uh, oh goodness, I'm going to get in trouble here. He's a few months old. He doesn't do much. 
But my other grandson there, he's four. That's a great age. It's a great age for a grandson. So we were visiting with him, and and we were going to go do something. And I was helping my grandson get his coat on. And, and as he put his coat on, now, you need to know, he didn't know that Deanna and I were coming to visit him. Because of COVID, we were literally waiting on test results while driving to his house, all right? We may have had to just turn around and come home. But, but we got to go ahead and we were able to go visit him. And he was surprised that we were there. Now, this matters because he didn't know we were coming. But when I was helping him put his coat on that weekend, he stuck his hand in his pocket. And when he pulled it out, there was a rock he had taken from the playground at his daycare. And he took that rock and he held it up and he said, this is for you. He didn't get that rock for me. He didn't know I was coming. He just found it in his pocket. But there was something in the grandson's heart that wanted to express love to the grandfather. And he just gave me that rock. Now, I'm going to tell you something. And if you ever meet my grandson from Missouri, don't tell him this. I have no use for a rock. All right. I have all the rocks I need. And if I do need one, I know where to find them. All right. But he gave me this rock. And that rock sits in a prominent place in my office at my house. And if you try to take it from me, I will fight you for it. It's just a rock. No, it's not just a rock. It's a gift of love. And what Jesus is looking for us to give him today is a gift given in love. We own nothing that he has to have. We just don't. And people who think God's out trying to get your life from you or get your money or get your coat or your position, he's not. He doesn't need anything we have, but we need to give it to him. And if we love him, there's something about love that makes us want to give gifts. And we'll find a rock in a pocket and we'll say, this is for you. This is for you, God. And it's what we, it's what we have. He will not ask you to give that which you don't have. He's not cruel. He's kind and he's gentle and he's loving. There's an old, old song that says... It's God speaking to us. And and the song says, If just a cup of water I place within your hand, then just a cup of water is all that I'll demand. I love that line. And you'll notice, I spoke it to you. I didn't sing it to you. Because I like you. (laughs) And you'll notice that Brian's not here today. And he had Jess come lead us in worship and she did a great job for us and Brian has not nor will he ever ask me to lead the music part of our worship time together because I can't do it and if he asked me 
I won't even have to pray about it. I'll just say no. Because I don't possess that gift. And as we try to figure out what God wants us to do, I meet Christians sometimes, and and they're afraid that, that God is going to ask them to give something they don't have or do something they can't do. He doesn't do that to us. He's not cruel. So one thing we learn from Palm Sunday is the people gave what they had, and what they had were the coats. And they gave it to him. And after the donkey went by, and after Jesus got off the donkey, they got their coat back. Because the second thing that we learn from this is, we give what we have to give, and it doesn't have to be much. There are those rare instances where God asks for incredible sacrifices for people. But those are very, very rare times. He wants us to give because we need to give to Him. And we need to worship Him. And so the people gave their coats because that's what they had. But they got them back. They weren't giving all that much. It was the act of giving that they needed to participate in. So what do you need to give to people today? What is it that God's calling on you to do? How's he asking you to serve? Years ago, I was going through an incredibly difficult period in my life. And, and I, I went to have lunch with one of my best friends. And uh, his little girl was with him. And when we, when we checked out, now, this was, this was years ago, uh, back pre-COVID, obviously, but you not only could pay with cash, they would give you coins as change. And we actually used money back that, like that in the ancient times, right? So this was 10 or 12 years ago, and, and when, when we checked out, uh, John paid for his meal, and when they gave him the change, he just gave his money to his daughter. And I looked at that and I said, what was that? And he's got that look that parents often get because we're so confused raising our kids. We've just completely lost control. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know. He said, somewhere along the way, anytime I got change, it became hers. I just have to give her money. That kid's in college now. He's giving her a lot more than loose change. So... Michaela has this handful of little coins and we're walking out in the parking lot and we're about to to part ways and and I feel this tug and I look down and it's Michaela and she holds up a dime and she says, I want you to have this. And I looked at her dad like, can you take money from a child? He said, if she wants to give it to you, you should take it. And I took that dime. Now remember, I was going through an extremely difficult time in my life. And the one thing I felt like God was really saying to me in that time was open your eyes and look for love. Look for love anywhere. And it was very rare at that point in my life that anybody was showing me love of any kind. And I took that dime from Michaela. 
And I got in my car and I just set it on the console and I let it ride there for like six weeks because God had told me to look for love. And that love, that dime was given to me just as an act of love. She didn't know me that well. She didn't live with her dad, but she knew that her dad loved me. And she gave me this dime. And I waited a number of weeks and, and finally, I bought a little Reese's peanut butter cup or something with it. I bought a piece of candy. And I sent her dad a message. And I said, I just spent Michaela's dime. I bought some candy. Tell her thank you again. I I saw Michaela like a decade later. And I said, you gave me a dime a decade ago. And it was one of the most meaningful things that happened to me during that time in my life. I said, do you even remember giving me that dime? And she just grinned real big and she said, nope. (laughs) No memory at all. (laughs) She doesn't even remember that which I will never forget. And what I know is that God reached down and touched her heart and she reached up and gave me a dime. And I knew that God loved me because Michaela loved me and she gave me a dime. We only have to give that which we have to give and it doesn't have to be much, but we have to give it to Jesus. And I would like to think that if I was alive on Palm Sunday and if I had been there, that I would not have been in the meeting planning the execution of Jesus. And I would not have been on the outskirts of the crowd wondering who he was. I'd like to think that I would have been there laying my coat down in front of him shouting Hosanna to the king. I would have given him my coat. I wish I could do that today. But do you know Jesus says that we can? We've been looking at Matthew 21 this morning, but in Matthew 24, Jesus told this incredible story. He gathered people together, and and please don't move sides when I tell this story, but he said to people on one side, he said, I want you to come into the kingdom of heaven because there was a day when I needed clothes and you clothed me. And people on the other side, he said, "I I don't even recognize you. I don't think we've ever met. And they started saying, oh, we did these great things for you. And he said, but when I needed clothes, you didn't, you didn't give me the shirt off your back. And, and they were protesting, saying, we never saw you. If we had seen you, Jesus, if we'd been there on Palm Sunday, we would have done good things. <laughs> and Jesus said, when you saw any person in need and you met their need, You were meeting my needs. Whether you gave him a rock or a dime or the coat off your back, whether you gave to a canned food drive, whether you gave him a ride to the doctor, whether you sat and listened when they were lonely to a story you've heard them tell 18 times before, you were doing that for me. Palm Sunday isn't just an event where people met Jesus' needs 2,000 years ago. 
this Sunday is a Sunday where each one of us can give what we have, even if it's very small, to whoever around us is in need. And when we do that, we've done it for Jesus. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for letting us serve you by serving others. We thank you for letting us worship you by meeting the needs of others. We thank you that Jesus had the courage to ride into Jerusalem knowing it would lead to his death. We thank you for the price that he paid for our sins and we thank you for his resurrection. In his name we pray. In his name we serve. Amen.